listening to the New Century Multiverse, Panther Soul. Chapter 14, The Wayfinder, Colonash. It is today, and it is hot. Our procession of sun dragons treks across the Majara. The cub has taken an instant liking to Beatrix and sits in front of her, sheltered by a parasol, explaining every nuance of the Cicerone she has discovered so far. I don't know exactly where we're headed after this next place, but can you see this? She says as Beatrix shades her while she clicks in two side partitions. A little beam of pink light seems to be bouncing off the top. It could be just the sun, but it creates a vivid spear point which shifts as she moves the ball around, always arcing in the same direction. It's the Templet Gezrahet. Leah says, unfurling the map in her other paw. See, there's lots of places in this desert that haven't been explored for a long time, and a bunch of different ways we can head out. I might even keep helping you lot if we haven't found your mitten of power by the time we reach Iberius. She pats a section of jungle with unnamed areas. I think that's here. You think it is? Yeah, see these big cat heads? Leah points near to that darkened patch of forest at the edge of the desert. I remember seeing them when I was tiny. They were ginormous. So if it's anywhere, it's near there. Personally, Maximus says, hauling up alongside them. I've read enough to suspect that the ancient lynxes, the Cicerone, the Great Tigers, and the Cloudbreaker are all linked. Once we get to Gezerhate, we might find the Cloudbreaker. So I guess that's two out of four. She nudges her heels into the mount. Onward, Sandy. I admire her optimism and hold my tongue to prevent myself from breaking it. Eventually, mercifully, the remains of Gazrahat slowly materialize out of the shimmering heat ahead of us. Tall pinnacle towers now collapsed, surround the perimeter of what was once the seat of a thriving ancient city. Now it is almost entirely buried. What remains exposed is bleached, bone-white by the sun and stands as a monument to abandonment. I look over this graveyard as we stand upon the ridge and exchange glances with Maximus. I can tell from his expression that our shared love of ruins has both our hearts pounding. Yeah, it's definitely pointing through there. Leah pipes up, gripping the Cicerone as the little arrow of light shines down, indicating the tall gateway to the first atrium. I nudge my dragon and it hurries forward, scrambling down the sandbank like an enormous gecko. There's always a spring at every entrance. I yell out to the other five, pulling down my headscarf to get a better view. This creates a jostle of movement as Leah, Maximus, Beatrix, and her crewmates, Lisseth and Rickish, follow my tracks. Sure enough, I can smell the fresh water bubbling up from far beneath the desert sands. The spot in question would have been where they first laid out plans to build this complex. The spring shimmers into view through the heat haze, vast and ornate, with natural pressure pushing the water up and out over purifying rocks. It is sheltered from the winds and cleverly filtered from beneath, meaning that what I gather in my tired paws and bring up to my tongue 
is some of the freshest and most revivifying liquid I have ever partaken of. The expedition gathers around to slake their thirst. Even Beatrix flings aside her hat and splashes her face and neck. She catches me looking at her relief and relaxation and shakes herself back into a scowl. I hop down the stone steps and sit beside Leah, who is helping Maximus work motion back into his tired leg. Have a drink. I urge her, and she reluctantly steps away as I rub feeling back into that old paw. Maximus sighs and fills his canteen from one channel of the spring. Definitely too old for this now. He growls before taking a long draught. You regret coming? Not in the least. But this will be my final adventure. I shall be happy back in my shop with these memories. Haven't found the treasure yet, old Tom. I slowly extend the leg for him, working the knee joint. Still a few twists in the tail. Beatrix finally kneels and takes the leg from me. I respectfully give them some distance, but I can hear every word as Leah comes to sit beside me, fiddling with the Cicerone as she swigs from her newly refilled canteen. Dad, you're right about me not writing for far too long. What have you been doing with yourself, Sunflower? Maximus asks regarding her impressive black hat. I've been trying to do the right thing. By taking up the life of a buccaneer? By, um, focusing on the right people. My crew and I are seafaring abolitionists. We actually liberate captive cats. That's, that's why I wear this little key around my neck. She hooks this piece of ironite gingerly with a claw. To remind me of my duty. That's wonderful! Beatrix's expression does not seem to reflect this wonder. It's... well... It doesn't pay as much as jobs go. And I didn't come and see you because I'm... probably not going to be very popular on these shores. And I mean with any of the cats. Why is that if you spend your time liberating them? You're really troubled by something. Just tell me. You know what rotten things I've done in my time. I'm... I won't stand in judgment over you, I promise. She lowers his paw and stands. L let, let me just get my head together. See if we can find the cloud breaker. Then maybe I'll tell you me tale of woe. Leah nudges me, her thirst now quenched as she pulls back her hood and lets her long ears twitch. It's pointing back there now, she says, indicating to a chamber down the lengthy, half-collapsed hall we stand in. I get up and stretch. Let's go see what's back there. the leopard and the jaguar to ensure the sun dragons don't go wandering off and pick our way around the ruins, squeezing through the doorway and into the chamber. Inside we are confronted with carven images everywhere, cats of every description, and so many symbols and rounded alcoves that I am overwhelmed and cannot focus. 
In the center of the room, a powerful beam of sunlight shines down, illuminating a round stone platform. I search every scrap on the surface of this, but nothing moves, nor responds to weight or pressure. But my raptitude sense is tingling. I'm guessing I find where we need to look here on the Cicero. Leah remarks, twisting and turning its many rings as she paces about. Oh, hang on, it's the orange jewels. Show me. Yeah, look, when I twist these three sliding rings all together, a panel shutters open and this orange gem comes up on the top. The pirate combs the room, surveying the scene. Should we be looking for gems like that in the walls? No, wait, there's another one. If I twist the vertical rings, another orange gem comes out at the side. So, two gems. The lioness is now tied up in knots. I step past her and say to Leah, Stand bolt upright, hold that thing in your paws, and let me push you around. She obliges, and I drop my paws to her shoulders. The tiny reptor scuttles down and clings to her back, hissing at me. Get lost, or I'll pick my teeth clean with you. Crunchy, get on my arm. She calls, and he obeys. You got him well trained, I remark, then begin to gently push her around the floor of the chamber until we stand beside the sunlit circle. Step on up, I urge, and she does so, adjusting her toes to not make contact with the hot stonework. <gasps> Beatrix gasps as a beam of sunlight bursts out of the Cicerone horizontally and strikes like a javelin through her chest. Leah gasps too. <gasps> the light is going through the gem on top and coming out the one on the other side! This is true. The light is going through the jewel on top and coming out of the one on the side. So we just turn her around until it shines on where we need to go. I love this so much. You ready to be spun about a lot? Leah nods. Hold it up high, not too high. The architect's intended for a lynx to be standing here. Maybe a little older than you, but not much taller. Up a little more. Stop. Perfect. Turn me! She commands. But take your time and watch where the light's falling. Yes, ma'am. Looks like you've got him pretty well trained, too. Can you follow it or not, Captain Cantankerous? Fine. Yes, I'm following where it's landing. Just a bunch of big lizards carved into the wall here. That'll be the Sun Dragons. Then we're on the right track. They liked to tell stories. Find the spring! She's a natural. I shift Leah around, sending the pinkish-yellow beam through the sparkling dust to where the captain stands with her paw against the wall. This is the spring. We're so close. I angle the links up slightly to get the beam where it needs to be. Maximus has been searching the walls with his still keen eye and crosses to the far end of the room to place his paw up against one of the many concave-rounded apertures. Over here! He calls, and Leah and I race to move the beam across the corner and along the far wall at exactly the correct height until the sun illuminates the spherical alcove that Maximus stands beside. The moment the beam hits, there is a bright flash and we may as well be standing directly out in the sun as the whole chamber is bathed in light. Jackpot! Leah breathes, then scampers away from me as the room returns to its shadowy former self. Leah reaches up as high as she can and feels in the alcove. There's another gem in there! And I think it's pretty obvious they want me to push the Cicerone in the hollow. Will I get it back? Her voice falters 
and I am struck by how much of herself she has tied to being able to read this puzzle. I guess we'll have to see. But you do the honors, Cub. We watch, barely breathing, as the Lynx stretches up and tries to get the sphere to find its home. The tiny crock on her arm shuffles aloft and lends his weight to the pushing. Now she stands on the tip of her pads, straining with the effort, until there is an audible click. Yes! She exclaims as a familiar tingly grinding sound rings out and the wall swings open, becoming a pair of stone doors. A much smaller chamber is now revealed with only a few very concentrated glyphics on the wall behind the altar. This is actually working. Beatrix points to a large carving of a gauntlet with an orb inset in the back of the paw from which long engraved rays are emanating. Small figures are carved nearby, all falling down in pain and awe at the sight of this gargantuan fist. So, what's everything else? Maximus and I examine the language adorning the walls. Well, just as I hoped, this is definitely the work of Sumerian great tigers. I'm a little rusty with the symbology. Most importantly, Dad, is the Cloudbreaker here? It is not. And that's a shame, because it would make things so much easier. No, if I'm reading the instructions correctly, it's all the way over... He edges to the right several times, tracing his pad along the wall through dense, wavy, jagged depictions of jungles. Here. Am I reading this right? Cerabalon? That's what I'm reading, too. Is there good or bad? It was the seat of Sumerian's power when they reigned here, but nobody knows where it is. We do now. I breathe, examining the path of the river carved into the stone and the impression of a waterfall at the mouth of the city. Nobody has set a paw in this place and told about their experiences anywhere I've looked. And I've looked. So, how do we get there? The oasis at Nixos. Maximus prods at the pool on Leah's treasure map. If we head in that direction, we might be able to rest there and stock up on enough water to make the edge of the northern jungle. And the big cat heads. I'm sure we can make it that far, and then... She reaches up to point at an unnamed square shape south of Cerebellon, enclosed in what looks like lined buildings. I remember big, bulky walls and red roofs. I think this is Arberius. You seem to remember a lot of things at the exact point you get told about them. It's just the way my brain works. It gets all foggy and buzzy when something upsets me, so if I can picture something clearly in my head, it helps me focus. Well, okay then. Let's get back on the road. Find your family. Wait, who's this on the far end? She points at a huge, saber-toothed tiger depicted crouching on the right side of the wall, towering over everything before it. If I'm reading this right, that is Samar, highest guard of the Sumerians. We have to meet his approval if we're going to take his paw, the symbol of his strength of lightning. In these things on the left? Well, that's where the Cicerone may come in useful. Looks exactly like what you said back at Bastarian. There are traps guarding the Cloudbreaker, which will test the best of us all. The other three turn to look at me. What? Fine, I'll navigate the traps. And what if you're killed? Then you'll need to have watched carefully and not make the same mistake I did. And who is this? 
Beatrix queries, laying a paw pad on a huge bloom of carven stone flame with a figure in the center. Not who? Maximus says gravely, reading the glyphics underneath. What? He cranes in, squinting. A blue inferno. Purification by one's wickedness. The pirate reels. A what now? It is a trial by fire. I faintly recall a legend of something like this being done to an ancient emperor, but never of the same principle guarding a treasure. But then, I suppose, considering the extent of this treasure, it rather makes sense. Dad? What does it do? Quite simply put, it burns whoever steps into the circle of fire. The more purely spent your life has been, the less it shall burn you. The less of a toll it will extract. Shit. 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 Language. What are you so upset about? You're the best of us all. I've not been nearly so good with all my time. Oh, you can't have been that much of a scallywag, Sunflower. He scoffs and squeezes her shoulder. She pulls away. Of course, if it were me who stepped in there, wretched old grave robber that I am, even despite everything I've told myself, I suspect the flesh would be scorched from my bones to the extent that there may not be much left of me to wield the Cloudbreaker. He begins this in jovial fashion, but as he surveys the group and our aghast faces, his tone becomes more somber. But this is a test one of us must pass. That's some safety measure. But B, you've got a couple of good, decent cats out there, and I'm betting either will be holy enough to step through and come out the other side in one piece. She is lost in contemplation. Even in our chosen path of righteous liberation, we have all murdered unarmed prisoners, granted they were assholes, and made mutilated others, but you know, Unarmed and all that. What is the gauge of sin here, Maximus? Who is the judge on what wrongs have been done? The old lion traces a claw over the wording, his lips moving slowly as he attempts a precision that the eons may not allow him. Oneself, he concludes. Well, that's easy then. Leah turns to me and cocks her head. Just find someone who doesn't give a shit about what he's done to people over the yesterdays. My first response is a snort of laughter. The second is a leap of sudden anger at whom I am uncertain. The third creeps up on me and stills my words. Now the whole chamber is looking at me and I am deeply uncomfortable. Well, if arrogance will save you, then you might be the key after all, says Beatrix. Leah folds her paws. The reptile on her shoulder sits up and imitates this posture, staring daggers at me. Hey, quit it with the guilt tripping, you little burglar, I growl. Now it is her turn to look inside and feel that discomfort. Let's just see if we can get to Sarabalon first. We can argue over who is the least black-hearted sinner when we're there. We leave the shrine behind and step back into the chamber, weary from travel, now that the burst of energy from finding the next step has faded. 
Leah pauses at the open doors and Maximus reaches up to shift the positioning of the Cicerone. It comes away in his paw with another click and the doors slowly close as he and the cub retreat. He then passes the puzzle orb across to the lynx who holds it to herself like an infant clutching its most treasured stuffed doll. We pace back out into the dusk to a sight that makes our blood run cold. A hundred black-coated lions surround the area the spring leads into. Beatrix's crewmates are held at gunpoint upon their knees. A lioness in dark, practical military garb, bearing a sloping hat of seniority, but lacking the usual frills, gilding and pomposity of the Albion Navy, steps in and smiles cruelly. She has a scar running through her blind left eye and down her face. You have been listening to episode 14 of Panthersoul, The Wayfinder. Written, edited, and directed by Alexander Shaw. Colo Nash, performed by Alex Shaw. Leah, performed by Willow Shaw. Maximus, performed by Spencer Lieb. Captain Beatrix, performed by Loretta Saylor. Make Your Decision by Dan Philipson of Shockwave Sound. Panthersoul theme, Zard composed and performed by Jason Bradley Livesey of Shockwave Sound. Zombie Hoodoo and Whimsy Groove, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Wide Sky, West Africana, and Arabian Nightfall by Ald. Desert Temple and Shaman's Hollow, ambience from Tabletop Audio. The New Century Multiverse is funded by Patreon. And our $15 sponsors get credit every episode, so thank you too. Aaron Lecluse, Abel Savard, Alejandra Vargas, Alex Brewington, Angus Lee, Benjamin Hoffer, Brian Novak, Cassandra Newman, Chris Finnick, Christopher Wolfe, Kieran Dashler, Connor Kennedy, Dan Mayer, Daniel Salguero, Dan Hepner, Dave Hickman, David Sheely. Finbar Nicole, Frankie Punzi, Greg Downing, Jameis Enright, Jesse Ferguson, Joe Crow, Joel Robinson, Joe G, Josh Waster, Kat Esman, Kevin Vahey, Lorraine Chisholm, Marty Polmeyer, Matthew A. Siebert, Michael Hasco, Robbie Crow, Sarah Montgomery, Tima Hellas Hario, Tim Rosensky, Timothy Green, Toby Jungius, Tom Painter, Trey Contreras, and Valencia Burns. For the maximum New Century Multiverse experience, you need to be checking out the podcast Through the Wind Door, where Greg Downing and Toby Skills Jungius talk us through each story like a book club and go into mind-boggling depth. I don't know about you, but I like having my mind boggled. They're currently up to Steamheart. And if you want to read the entirety of Panthersoul right now, it is available in a gorgeous paperback 
on Amazon.com. Alternately, you can support this project for $10 on Patreon and get access to all the new Century ebooks and audiobooks.